Hey, welcome to another week of the Live Life Aggressive Podcast with Mike Mahler and Sincere Hogan. What's up, man? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's always a pleasure doing the shows. It's a beautiful day out here, so I'm looking forward to getting some more great content out there. Definitely. And we have a lot going on for this show, a lot of uh, listening Q&A, and then there's some topics that you and I want to talk about as well. And, in fact, we were already kind of talking about something right before we started the show. Like, right. dude, we're, wait, we're losing time here. Let's go ahead and talk <laughs> about this now. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think it's really – I think the timing for this is perfect. Uh, we were just talking about, of all things, coffee, which Sincere loves. I hate speaking in third person. But, yeah, I love <laughs> coffee. You know, I, I had my rock moment just now. One thing that Sincere likes, Sincere loves coffee. Like, dude, you're talking to yourself. Stop. So it's kind of like Farrakhan does that. He's like, yeah, Farrakhan did that. All right, you guys did that. Farrakhan did do that. I remember, I, remember the, I remember the first time I heard him giving a lecture. Yeah. I was like, I was like, isn't he Farrakhan? Why does he keep referring to this other Farrakhan? Yeah, man, man, who's man, this, man, I was man. like, who's this other Farrakhan he keeps talking about? <laughs> <laughs> when you start looking around, like, wait a minute, I am at the right lecture series, right? <laughs> this is the, the Farrakhan lecture, right? Or am I just tripping? Uh, you wiped up religion. Farrakhan did that. <laughs> it's like that episode of Seinfeld where, like, uh, George is getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's another thing, a side topic right there. I know that we have a lot of entrepreneurs that reach out to us, and they ask us about presenting and, and doing workshops and seminars, and some of them have this fear of speaking. And I think we may have touched on this before on one of the earlier episodes, but I tell you what, one of the things you can do to really help yourself, if you're really trying to learn about speaking, find some of the best speakers, man. Check them out. Check out the way they move. Check out some of these TED Talks, man. These TED Talks are awesome. They do a podcast called The Road to TED, and they speak with a lot of the people that have spoken at the TEDx or TED conferences and just pretty much how they get ready and prepare for that and talk about the experience. The guy's name is Dino. His co-host, one of the things he does, he likes to go on um, YouTube. He goes and finds like some of the dynamic speakers out there, people that have influenced him, people that he really thinks like they're at the top of their game, living or otherwise, whether it's JFK, Martin Luther King, even Farrakhan. He looks at these guys, Bill Clinton, another one, and just look at their demeanors, the way they captivate an audience, the way that they, the gestures that they use, the way they speed up, the way they slow down, little things like that. And that's one of those things I feel like, you know, again, this goes back to what we talk about that really helps to be successful in pretty much any aspect of business. It's mirroring. So you find that person that you think like, hey, this person is very successful at doing that. This is someone that I can really learn a lot from. You don't necessarily want to copy them, but you can learn a lot from them. I think that's one of the greatest things you can do is like go on and find a dynamic speaker. Again, you and I have talked about this before. Tony Robbins, for example. Like him or hate him, the dude, when he presents, when he's on stage, he's on fire. You can, no one can deny that. What proves that is the way the audience reacts and responds to him when he's on that stage. And also his ebb and flow. Sometimes he's really, really dynamic. He's really full of energy. And then something he can just bring it down. If it's a yeah. situation where he's talking to someone in the audience and, you know, it's a very sad situation and they've got a story that's very, is very sad or something like that, he can tone it down. He can bring you right in there with them and really get into that person's story and feel that, feel that story with them. Next thing you know, you're sitting there crying. You're like, why the hell am I crying? <laughs> like, I don't cry. And then next thing you know, you're cracking up. And then next thing you know, you've got everybody jumping up and down like they're in a freaking rave. <laughs> you know? So all this is going on within the course of a day. So that's someone you can really just learn a lot from. Again, like I said, the folks like Farrakhan, listen to the JFK. These speeches are free now. They're all on YouTube. Right. One of my favorite orators out there is Malcolm X. I, I love the way Malcolm oh, can yeah. captivate a crowd. And, and just his energy, man, and just the way... He does what you and I, is one of the reasons why we brought this show about, and it's, it feels as if he's just talking to you. He makes it very, very personal. When he's up there, even though he's talking to a room full of people, it could be an auditorium full of people, it feels like he's talking directly to you. And that's what I really, really like. That's something that's always influenced me as being a presenter throughout the years. Even radio, whether I'm hosting shows or something like that, it's to always feel as if, okay, you know, you find that person, it's just you and that person you're talking. But just make sure everyone's feeling that way when you're presenting. So, yeah, man, how the hell did we get on this topic? When are we supposed to be talking about no, it's a good, <laughs> no, It's a good topic, and actually, I enjoy doing the same. I like watching a lot of different speakers, different speaking styles, really good presenters. Malcolm X is one of my favorites as well, absolutely. Tony Robbins, I agree with you. Love him or hate him, he's probably the best speaker I've ever seen live. Definitely. Actually, you know what? Definitely the best speaker I've ever seen live. And even, even when you don't really agree with a lot of the stuff he's saying, he's so charismatic with his delivery that right. you can't be bored. You, know, you, may, you may sit there and be like, nah, I don't know about that, but you're not bored. You're not going to fall asleep. You're not going to doze off. You're not going to zone out. So he, mm -hmm. he's very good. 
In fact, I, I've been to one of his events where, I mean, it's kind of scary the kind of hypnosis he, he yeah. has over people. <laughs> I mean, I remember one time he, he's like, all right, we're going to go through this meditation, and I want everyone to put this videotape in, and this is how old long ago it was. He was talking about VHS. <laughs> he's like, put a VHS tape in of the life that you don't want to have. You know, feel the pain of the life you don't want to have. Feel the anguish and so forth. That right. I'm sitting there going, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm just sitting there not, not getting into it at all. I, mean, I think I was 21 at the time. Right. And people, people around me are just starting screaming and crying and howling. I was like, come <laughs> on. And then, and then he's like, all right, now put the tape in. It's the life you've always wanted. You've got the love of your life, your dream career. You're fit. You're in shape. You live on the beach, you know, that kind of stuff. And people started jumping out of their chairs. They're high-fiving right. each other, doing cartwheels. The, the, funniest, the funniest thing about funniest thing about Tony Robbins <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, also, I, hold on, I, I, hold on for a minute, hold on for a minute there. All I can do is just visualize. This is one YouTube video <laughs> of a of a black church, and it's like over a, some type of like house tune or something like that. It's it's just different clips of all these evangelical churches that they have like on television on these bootleg channels that you never see that usually turn off around 2 a.m. in the morning and you see all these people in this church like doing cartwheels and jumping up and down and dancing and, and that's all I could think about when you said that I was like oh my god this is crazy man. I think I think what he paid I think what he's doing is giving people the opportunity to feel really excited right because if they show that kind of excitement in their personal life people think they're nuts or maybe they're right. just not that excited about anything and then if they show that kind of anguish as well, people are like, man, you're crazy. So it's almost like you can go to this event, and he's like, hey, I'm going to let you experience this. I'm going to let you cry. I'm going to let you do this. I'm going to let you do that. I'm not necessarily saying that I think this is all beneficial. I'm just giving an objective analysis of, of what I think goes on there. But one thing, one thing I, I always warn women about who go to Robin's events, I go, okay, if you're going by yourself or with a friend, <laughs> he, he's gonna, he, th- those events are a hug fest. Right. Like right. Every 10 minutes, he's like, oh, go find five strangers and give them a hug. And, of course, every guy in there is thinking the same thing. They're making a beeline <laughs> for the, any attractive woman with insight, right? right. <laughs> so, I mean, you just, you just have, have to be warned by that. I've, I've had quite a few female friends go to Tony Robbins events where they said, man, I've never been hugged so much in my life. You know, like every five <laughs> seconds, the guy's like, hey, coming over. You know, I'm like, yeah. Well, obviously, <laughs> obviously, they've never gone to a Southern Baptist black church. <laughs> I was like, hug your neighbor. Everybody walk around, go hug your neighbor and do it for like five minutes. I'm just like, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. No, I can say this much, though. I can say this. One thing about that situation that he's doing right there, you got to understand, there are a lot of people that are just numb in this world right now. They're numb. They're, they're trying their best not to feel anything. They're trying their best not to feel hurt. They're trying their best not to feel ashamed. They're trying their best not to love because they're afraid of being hurt and being shamed. So they try their best to go through life being numb and just being neutral and just being, you know, very passive. Like, well, I don't care. I don't care. It's okay. Being very ambiguous. One thing about it, it helps with vulnerability big time. That's one thing. If they're, if they're open to it and they realize what's going on, they can be, they can see that there, this opens them up to vulnerability. And, and one thing about vulnerability, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Hopefully we have enough time to talk about that today. It's just um, an article that I read in Forbes about, um, the 13 habits that mentally tough people don't do. And, and that's just another thing we can talk about that, that has something to do with that vulnerability. And um, also, it can also kind of teach somebody about visualization. Because let's think about it. A lot of times we talk about it, especially in the field of work that we do. We always talk about visualization. But to the average person out there, a lot of times they're like, oh, that's just hokey. There's just no way. I mean, come on, man. Sitting there trying to see what I, you know, what I want to do and feel it and all that. So, yeah, and you can understand why it could be a little hokey to some people, man, but until you've actually done it. And just like well, when we spoke recently with James Wilk, same thing. You know, he would sit there and he would just, when he was getting ready to go into the UFC, the one of the things that kind of just really prepped him was the fact that he already, in his mind, already saw the crowd. He already heard the crowd. He already felt himself inside the cage. And pretty much that kind of helped take down some of the nerves of his first fight in the UFC right there. But at the same time, it kind of hurt him later on because he, he visualized so much and got so relaxed that he got too relaxed for a fight. So he needed some of that nervousness or whatever, and that, that whole not knowing. Again, it's, this comes back to balance once again, trying to find that ebb and flow, but at the same time just find that sweet spot with all this stuff. And I think what happens is people end up going way too far in one direction or way too far in another direction. Okay, but here's the question, though, Mike. This is something that I wonder, especially after all these conferences not just Tony's, but a lot of these conferences, even these business conferences. Right. 
hell, even the one I'm about to go to out, out in Vegas in a couple of weeks. I always wonder when that weekend is over and that high comes down, what do they do next? How yeah, many that, people that's the problem. take action? Yeah, that, that's the thing right there. And, and that's, where I, that's where I'm very skeptical of a lot of events is the fact that when, you, when you're there, it's this very warm, positive, exciting environments, right? You're meeting all these interesting people. They're all there to better themselves. Right. So that, that, those are some of the positive things about going to an event like a Tony Robbins event is whether you like the material or not, everyone's going there because they want to improve something about themselves. So it's right. a very, very positive environment. People are very friendly. You meet some interesting people. But, I, but I, I, when, I, when I took one of his events years ago, I had to wonder the same thing because you're, yeah. you're not going to feel – like right now, everyone's on this high because mm-hmm. you know, we're hugging each other every five minutes. We're jumping up and down every five minutes, <laughs> dancing like a bunch of idiots every ten minutes, and then we're listening to a very charismatic speaker. But every day is not going to be like that. When you get yeah. back home, you're back on your own, and whatever goal you're going after, you know, you're on your own again trying to go after it. So that, that's where I think a lot of these events can be a distraction. And I think, I think it can be useful if theoretically, let's say you go to his event and he gives you all these action steps, and you're like, okay, great, this is going to work for me. And then you put it into action. Right. But the problem is, is that you're, you're not going to feel that same excitement. So it's, it's going to be kind of a lonely oftentimes dark place where you're just in your own thoughts. Yeah, and also you have to deal with that fear. You have to deal with that fear of not knowing when you get back. And so you're trying all these new things, and you don't know if it's going to work. So then that becomes that fear, it becomes that anxiety, and then you wonder, oh, man, was this even worth it? So that's, I think, one of the things that can really help in those situations, man, is to, it's like, okay, one more thing about those, those type of situations, those seminars and those workshops. People are so overwhelmed with so many tools and new things that they can go try and new things they can go do. It's just like, oh, I have all these tools now. And you get back home, you're like, okay, where do I start? So I think what really helped in a lot of those situations, a lot of those seminars and workshops, is just to really drive it home and say, here are some action steps. When you get back home, you can start here. And then from point A, you go to point B. And then just see where it goes from there. So I think that's why it's very important to always have some support systems in place for people that attend seminars like this. So for all those professionals out there listening to the show, for all you guys out there who have seminars and do workshops and do things like that, it's always important to have those support systems in place back there. The reason why a few months ago when I started talking about putting together um, this coaching program that I'm working on right now, the reason why I haven't really spoken about it is because I want to make sure that all the support systems are going to be in place for everyone. It's not about me trying to get you to sign up for something, purchase a product, and then I'm done with you, and then on to the next one. The reason why I think that sucks ass is because I've been a victim of that. Okay, I've been there. I've been there. I've gone through some. I've, I've bought coaching programs from people, and people that you know, I really respect and look up to, and then once I bought the program, once I got it, you got a bunch of downloads. You got a bunch of DVDs. You got a bunch of just of, of reading material. Basically, you got a bunch of stuff to keep you pacified like a child. It's almost like somebody puts you in a room as a child and gives you a bunch of toys just to keep you quiet. And so you won't ask them any questions or bother them so they can go on by their day. For the prices these people are charging, that pissed me off. But, again, this is in the earlier stages of my career. So, again, people, learn from our mistakes on this show. <laughs> so don't reinvent the wheel. It's like you definitely want to have a good support system in place. So for all you guys out there that are listening and you're thinking about putting together seminars, coaching programs, workshops, something like that, have a support system in place. I mean, you owe your customers that much. I mean, they're buying into you. Give them something back instead of something just one off. And so, again, if you're going to say it's a coaching program, remember coaching – Phil Jackson didn't just show up in game like 92 with the Bulls and like, okay, well, looks like you guys won the conference and um, I'm going to just take another few weeks off. And, oh, by the way, I'm your new coach. And <laughs> you guys have made it this far without me, but I'm your new coach. But I'll be back in about nine, ten more games when you get to the finals and I'll be there for that last night. And then, yeah, we're going to go ahead and win the championship and then I'm going to want my ring and then I'm out. Okay, so how asinine does that sound? Well, guess what? That's what a lot of these folks are doing. They're giving you a bunch of crap and they're letting you do all the hard work and they're not there to help you, but they want to be the ones that want you to, oh, when you send the email, like, yeah, man, that was a really good program, blah, blah, blah. Oh, can you send me a testimonial? Well, dude, this is like the first time I've heard from you since you took my money, since you took my credit card. So why should I give you a testimonial? <laughs> <laughs> Screw you and your testimonial. You know, I'm just, I'm just letting you know that, okay, I did the work on my own, <laughs> no thanks to you, but um, thanks a lot for at least getting, you know, getting me something to get the path started here. But other than that, eh, you, you kind of suck with customer service and follow-up, buddy. So that's the reason why I'm emailing you. <laughs> I'm giving you some honest feedback here. You suck. 
and this is why. So, so just keep that in mind, people, when you're putting things together like that. Always put yourself in the shoes of the person that you want to buy into what you're, you're putting out there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think, I think the follow-up stuff is key. I mean, even with something as simple as my nutrition supplements, whenever someone buys the testosterone booster or, or Restorezyme or recovery oil, I'll send them an email just saying, hey, remember, this is the best way to use it. Thanks for buying it. If you have any questions, let me know. So one, right. one I'm reinforcing the best way to take it. Right. Because with my testosterone booster, if you take too much, it can be counterproductive. And sometimes right. people take one or two caps and they're going, man, this feels great. wonder how I would feel if I take five. <laughs> right. And even though it says in the bottle, here's the optimal dose, and it says on my website, it's easy to say, well, I'm just going to assume that people read that whole page or they read this. And I, I, I don't like to play the assumption game. I rather, right. I rather stack the deck in my favor that I'm taking charge of every aspect to ensure they get the best result. Because if they get good results, guess what? They're going to be a repeat customer, and they're also going to tell other people about it. And right. that's why these products are selling so well. It's because of that. So you make, you make a great product, and then you do everything you can to ensure they take it properly to get the best results out of it, and you're going to have a customer for life right there. And I think with workshops also, one thing I started doing there is I, I give away videos at the course. Often it's the video of the content at the course. So for example, my advanced kettlebell workshop, I have a video that covers that same content. I'll give it to the students at the end of the course. And what yeah. that, that acts as a follow-up support tool as well, because as we both know, having taught courses and taken courses, right. I mean, you're lucky if you retain 10, 15, 20% after a day. I mean, you're pushing yourself hard. You're getting blasted with information. So if you think that you're just going to walk out of there and remember everything, you have another thing coming. Right. But if you have a video, then that acts as an incredible reinforcement tool. You watch that, you go, oh, yeah, I remember him showing me that. Oh, that's right. I remember this over here. And mm-hmm. the combination is very effective. Definitely, definitely. And, and that's one of the things I picked up from you even way back before we started working together. That's one of the reasons why I put together the Bodyweight DVD when the first, the first workshop that you and I did together. And it's helped a lot. It's helped people a lot of things. And even – Workshops I've done beyond that. I make sure that everyone gets that tool. That's one thing that they're going to get with that. And also with that, they're going to get a training program to learn how to put all this stuff together. Because, again, they learn so many different movements from us in a weekend. And it's always a question of, okay, what do I do with all this now? How do I put all this together? When does this make sense? So at least give them some type of springboard. And then, of course, you and I continue. We have plenty of videos on YouTube as well. Just more support material right there. So, Lots of, lots of content to support people, a lot of free content out there. Yeah, yeah, I think you really have to give someone a plan of action because often when you're a fitness professional, you think, oh, they'll figure it out. And you kind of have to put yourself in someone else's position. For example, right. like I don't know anything about accounting. So if I, if, imagine if you had an accountant who never explained anything to you. He's just like, ah, oh, he'll figure it out. <laughs> you're not going to figure it out, right? So sometimes you have to put yourself in, another, in their shoes by looking at, how you sometimes feel talking to a professional outside of your area of expertise, how you often feel like, man, I feel like a little kid here. I have no clue what this person's talking about. Right. That's often how people feel when they're inundated with all this fitness information. I mean, we were just talking about one of our guests, but we recorded a show yesterday with James Wilkes, former UFC fighter who's now really into plant-based nutrition, very smart guy, very well-researched guy. Obviously, he's getting great results with the advice he gives. But we often hear from people who do the exact opposite of what he's doing and also have good results. Right. So I can, I can see how it can be very confusing for someone yeah. out there who's just trying to figure out some stuff, going, man, I read this one book, and this sounds great. And then I read this, and it basically contradicted everything I just thought <laughs> I knew. Right. And, and right. that sounds great, too. So which one is it? And, I mean, and, and the simple answer is you're going to have to do some experimentation and fine-tune stuff and personalize it to your own needs. You know, you're not going to get this. You're not going to get everything you need from one book or one source. That's just the right. reality because it's, it can't take you as an individual into account. So the best thing you can do is get the basics down, get the big picture. Don't get overly distracted by minutia and then go from there. Right. And getting back to that whole accounting thing, he'll figure it out for himself. Yeah, that's how you end up like Wesley Snipes. so yeah i'm not trying to be like that man i'm trying to make sure that uncle sam gets his so therefore i don't end up getting mine i'm not trying to deal with big bub and cell block six and trying to reinvent have a reboot of oz 
just because I try to do my accounting on my own here. Nope, right, not right. trying to do it. <laughs> no, you, don't, you don't mess with the IRS. When in doubt, you know, you pay more. You don't try to, exactly. don't try to make up a bunch of stuff to, to lower your bottom line. That's kind of my philosophy <laughs> on that. Is I, do, I do every legitimate deduction there is, believe me, but I'm, I'm not going to just start pulling stuff out of the air. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, just moving on to a couple other subjects here. We, I know we have some reader questions. And one question that's popped up quite a bit is people have heard us talk about Jim Wendler's 531 program, Love and it. quite a few people are not familiar, so they were asking, what's that all about? Mm-hmm. And I'll give, you, I'll give you a top line, and then you know, if you want to jump in sincere with your, with your input, and then we'll point you in a direction because there, there's so much free information about 531 online that you can find out more than right. you ever want to know about it. But basically, the program is it revolves around four compound exercises, barbell military press, barbell squat, barbell deadlift, and bench press, barbell bench press. So what you do is you take 90% of your one rep max. And this part's important right here because what most people do is they don't just take their one rep max. They take, they take their delusional one rep max. <laughs> that, you know, they've never deadlifted more than 500 pounds and they barely got it. And they're going, oh, you know what? You know what? I bet if I had a belt on and, and I had the coffee about an hour before, I could pull 550. So I'm going to put right. that down my one rep max. No, you take 90% of your one rep max, your legit one rep max. So let's say, let's say your one rep max on the barbell military press is 200 pounds. What you're going to take is 90% of that, 180, and then you're going to use that as your primary number to work out percentages for each workout you do. So in week one, you're going to take 85% of, your, of that 180, and right. that's going to be you're going to do warm-up sets, work up to that 85% set, and then do as many reps as possible. You know, week two, you're going to do 90%. Week three, 95%. Week four, you take off, not take off, you do a back off week, and then you up the percentages and repeat. Now, the mistakes that people make with this, because I've heard people say, oh, I tried it, it didn't work for me. And I'm sure, I'm sure Jim Wendler gets emails like this all of the time. Yeah. And pretty much, I bet, I bet 100% of the time, it's someone who, started off with an estimated one rep max that was way too high. <laughs> and then they just tried to push those percentages too soon. Right. So what you want to do is err on the side of being more conservative. You know, if, 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 that, if at that first workout you get 12 reps and it's a five-plus range, right, so anything over five is a success, then uh, no big thing. You know, just increase the weight the next week. But what right. the last thing you want to do is at that first workout, you don't even hit the rep range. You, know, you, just, you have to get at least five reps with 85%. Yeah, they're, they're at three and they're struggling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're at three. They barely made it. They're like, oh, I'll just keep going anyway. And then you burn out, and then you, you, and then you say, oh, this program didn't work. And then this is a perfect example of what we see all the time is effective programs, effective advice, but people mess around with it too much. Right. And then they wonder why it didn't work. So follow, if you're going to do the program, follow it to the letter. Be patient with it. Make sure you take that back off week, too. So when you, it's a yeah. linear program. So week one, two, three, it's getting more intense as it goes along. And what happens often is in that week three, you feel like a million bucks. You're like, man, I killed it with that workout. So I'm going to skip that back off week and just go ahead into the next cycle. And yeah. that's a huge mistake. And I can tell you this from experience because I've, I've done that myself many times. Take that back off week. Believe me, you'll come back even stronger the following week than you would if you skipped it. Right, right. And as a matter of fact, on if you look at the show notes, the links on show number 35, I actually have a link to Jim's website uh, referring to it. So you'll get more of an understanding of the 531 program. And also, one way to kind of help you calculate your one rep max, because I know that's probably the next question, is if someone's listening thinking, well, how do I even calculate that? How do I figure out my one rep max? Because it's not smart to sit there and try to go like, well, I think my one rep max deadlift is 550. Let me try to pull 550 one time. And then you pull more than 550, you might end up pulling a disc or something like that in your back <laughs> or a hamstring. So I actually found on um, in the Android market, or I don't know if they have it for iTunes, I mean, excuse me, um, for, for iPhones, there's an app called the Windler Calculator. If you type in his name, I think you might find like a plethora of things out there, people who created like apps to help you factor in your one rep max also your percentages and all that because not everybody is great with math and doing all those percentages and things like that. So like I said, I actually have the Windler calculator on my phone. So it kind of just helps because one thing kind of sucks in there trying to keep up with all, all those numbers when you're trying to pull those lifts and keep your mindset focused on getting those five reps or more, things like that. So I like having that app 
on hand with my phone and just plug everything in, see what I need to do, then write it all down, and then I go do it. Again, you can look. I know it's in the Google Store because I have an Android, but Mike has an iPhone, so I don't know exactly if they have it over there in the um, the iTunes Store or anything like that. But I'm pretty sure they probably would because there's a lot of Mac users out there as well in the strength game, so I'm pretty sure. So, again, that app is called the Windler Calculator. And like I said, you'll probably find some other things out there too. So if you find some other apps out there and you like them, then use them. And then if they work well, you know, be sure to let us know. And, you know, we can share that information with folks as well. So it's not like we just have the one and only sources out there. But, again, in episode number 35, I do have a link to Jim's website. You can get a, a bigger understanding of his program from the man himself. And, hell, support him by actually buying it from him instead of trying to look online and try to find a free version of it <laughs> and trying to just try to figure it out for yourself. Support the man. He put in some hard work to put that program together, and it's a kick-ass program. I'm currently doing it right now. I come back to it probably like once or twice a year in this last year or two. And I really, really love it, especially when I really want to get some great strength gains and, and put, on some, put on some muscle big time, man. So, And as Mike said, don't shortchange that deload week. That week four is heaven, trust me. So take that deload week. You know, there's something to be said about deload weeks, even in other programs out there. When you're really training intensely for like you know, three weeks straight, it's something to be said about taking a week off of just relaxing, just kind of steer away from the actual program that you're working on. Use that D-Low week to kind of do some body weight exercises, play around with kettlebells, play around with other toys like battling ropes or Bulgarian bags, and just have some fun. One thing about that, it's not only going to be refreshing for your body, but it's going to be refreshing for your mind, just to kind of give your mind a break as well. Because one of the things that breaks down a lot of times before our bodies and a lot of these hardcore training programs is our, our, just our mentality. We're just tired, and it goes back to what we talked about in the last listener Q&A show. It goes back to that trying to find out how do you stay motivated. And it's funny, I just got two more questions on two other sources online, social media sites, Cloud, and I've got the other one. Someone just asked me the same thing, like, how do I stay motivated? Which I can see, it's the holiday season. So that's going to be a big question for a lot of folks. There's a lot of crap going on right now for a lot of people. We talked about all this. So, again, go back to episode number 35 because I'm not going to repeat a lot of this stuff again just for the sake of time. So we talked about a lot of this stuff about how to stay motivated and pretty much how to prep and get ready going into the new year and with your programming and all that. And, again, we talked about the 531 program as well. So, and I think Mike covered plenty just now, so I'm not going to go in-depth with it as well. Well, man, yeah, well one, thing, one thing that kind of gives food for thought is, I mean, I was listening to Chael Sonnen talk about Rashad Evans before their last fight, yeah. and they were talking about how, Rashad went through a period where he just wasn't that motivated, and it was showing. You know, for yeah, those, we we saw that. Yeah. yeah. If he was just going through the motions. He wasn't, he wasn't the same old guy. That dynamic wasn't there. And, Chael, and then Rashad basically said that he just went through the motions and so forth. And Chael right. made the point of saying that was the right thing to do at that time, meaning that instead of just sitting on the couch and eating ice cream and, and watching Jersey Shore marathons, you know, Rashad still showed up. He would still right. go to the gym. He would still put in the workouts. The normal enthusiasm that he had wasn't there, but he still showed up and, and just put the motions through. And sometimes right. I think we belittle that too much. Like we hear people say, oh, you know, these people are just going to the gym and they don't look any different after a few months and they're, they're always there, but nothing's happening. Right. And a lot of times that's because, yeah, they're not on effective programs, but you're, you're not going to make progress all of the time. You know, right. No matter what you do, you're going to have those periods where for whatever reason, things are coming slower. And that doesn't mean that you should just not train at all. I think people get discouraged too easily when they say, I'm, I'm not making any progress. I'm not going to do anything at all. Like that right. kind of attitude. It's like, what's the point of me coming in here and working hard if I'm not going to get the results? I can just sit at home and do nothing and, and do that. Get and the reality is, is when you're going through the motions, you're maintaining a discipline. I mean, you're still right. going there because what's happening is you don't feel like it, but you're still doing it anyway. And right. that's very important right there. Because eventually it's going to turn back around. You know, you're going to have that enthusiasm. You're going to wake up and go, I can't wait to go to the gym. And believe me, you're, you're going to be primed and ready to take advantage of that period because you've maintained that consistency. Right. Now, if you just, take a, if you just t- decide to take three months off because you're not feeling it, believe me, it's going to be a lot harder to get back into yeah. it when you finally <laughs> get back around because you've lost the momentum now. You've lost right. the discipline, the momentum, and, and of course you're going to lose a ton of gains. So right. I think I think sometimes so Chael basically made the point that Rashad was doing the right things just going through the motions. It may not have felt like it, but that was the right thing to do. And eventually, uh, we're we're seeing that spark come back now. You know, with oh, his yeah. fight against Chael, he looked fantastic. He looked good physically. 
like the and, old Rashad was back. Exactly, exactly. And I think the big the big takeaway here is the fact that he stayed connected with something that means a lot right. to him. Right. I mean, this is I mean, it happens in relationships. I mean, there you're not gonna always be on the high people. And I can tell you right now, okay, when you start off your dating, yeah, everybody's all good. You're dating, the courtship is going on, is everything's exciting. Then you get married and okay, everything's cool. You got the honeymoon going on and then a few months later, a few weeks later, sometimes a few hours later for some people, <laughs> life, you know, <laughs> reality kicks in. And then you realize, I mean, the first time you go into that bathroom and then they have toothpaste on the mirror from when they were brushing their teeth, and that's not how you, how you roll, then that's when reality <laughs> kicks in. Or, you know, or there's hair on the floor everywhere, or, or women, the man's leaving the freaking toilet seat up now that you're married, because before then he's trying to impress you while you were dating, so he kept putting the seat down. <laughs> Now he's like, well, you're my wife now, so get over it. So when all those things start kicking in, you know, that's when that's that downward slope right there. But it doesn't mean that, okay, well, we're done. This dude doesn't know how to put a toilet seat down. I'm done with him. No, it's just <laughs> – so, but the thing is, it's like you still got to – there's still going to be some, some – there's some connection there. There's still something about Mr. Toilet Seat Riser right there that, that connected you to him in the first place. And focus on that. Focus on that. And then just go and talk like, dude, can you do me a favor? I mean – there's nothing, there's nothing cute about me falling in the toilet with, you know, and, and, and falling in and all this, but can you just put the seat down and dudes, don't be the jackass like, well, you should look where you're sitting. <laughs> okay. Cause that's a good way for you to end up on the couch and you having a lot of alone time handling your business. Okay. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe before someone got married, they used to keep their real doll in the closet and now they're more comfortable. So it's, it's on the couch and you're coming home. <laughs> You're walking in on your guy, getting intimate with his real doll. You know, things like that. Start that. It's like, yeah, hey, I used to do this before. It's just that now we're... <laughs> oh, and right now everybody's like Googling real doll, real doll. What's a real doll? <laughs> like, hey, don't forget the NSA is looking at your emails and your searches. So be very careful what you Google right well, there. Well, you, you know what's funny about the real doll? We've talked about this off show mm-hmm. before, is that it, it's, a, it's a, an example of a very successful entrepreneurial venture. Yeah. And as, and, and as a result of that, it'd be this out. It, people are like, what are these guys talking about? But I'll tell you, this guy used to make mannequins, and then he switched over to making these real dolls, which is basically like a, 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 as real-life-looking sex doll as you can get. Yeah. And he and he makes a ton off of this stuff. So we can all kind of laugh at it, like, who are buying these things? And you know what? I bet someone listening to the show is already bought one. Right? <laughs> they're probably, oh, they're so, probably looking you know, right now like, how do they know? They're, 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 how do they don't know? Have to, they don't have to raise your hand. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't judge. But uh, the bottom line is, this guy stole a lot. The chances are we all know someone who has one of these things. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and, and also, the fact is, you, you have to look at the, the kind of the, – the, there's a lesson to be learned behind this is where I'm going is that this guy made a lot of money <laughs> filling a hole. <laughs> yeah, so the there, was a hole there was a hole in the industry. There was a need <laughs> that needed fulfilling, and he filled it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, yes, pun intended. Okay. <laughs> So, hey, look at man. Don't hate him. Okay, don't hate on the player right there. Hate the game. So you've heard it, it a million times. You can't going, you not be mad at Going in a totally different direction again. I still think we should get that guy on the show, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we will. We will. What do you guys be... think? Let's, let's, let's leave it up to the listeners. What do you think? Should we get the real dog guy on the show? I mean, we got a lot of entrepreneurs out there. You, a lot of you banging your head. Oh, God, bad choice. Got it. Got it. On, hold on. Bad, bad choice of words there. A lot of you are like... Okay, hitting your head against a wall, thinking about how can I see here because I was about to say, thinking how can I penetrate the market with, with my services. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm just gonna stop right there. Just let us know. Do you think we should bring the real dog down the show? I'm gonna stop because it's not gonna get any better with my with my puns right I, now. I, I think we should for just our own benefit, if nothing else, because we'll we'll have so much fodder to to refer back to. You. <laughs> it's hilarious. If it's anything yeah. like what I'm doing right now, it's going to be a hilarious show, and I don't think you and I are going to be able to speak through the whole show from cracking up like little schoolboys the entire time. Hey, I mean, the, the bleached a-hole joke will be nothing compared to that. Oh, exactly. I think, I think that'll <laughs> yeah, be the day yeah, that we'll, the we'll get you a lot of mileage out of that one, so just imagine <laughs> yeah. the mileage we could get out of the real doll again. <laughs> you know what? You just have that guy and the fleshlight guy have them all on the same show, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, what's funny is a fleshlight inventor he sent me an email about hormone optimization, optimization uh-huh. and so that so I actually have the guy's contact info on file. So that that would be that would be hilarious to get him on. But yeah. it would also be interesting too, man, just to see like how do they conceive of these kind of things. Exactly. But anyway, 
on a totally different subject, I had a listener ask about, this seems that it's, it's, it's more common now that guys are having a lot of conversion of testosterone into estrogen. So the, the, there's environmental factors to that. But they're just curious, you know, what are, what are the main reasons why that's happening? Well, you, you kind of have to start with the bottom line and then trace it all the way up to the source. And one thing is that if you hold a lot of excess body fat, you have a lot more of an enzyme called an aromatase enzyme, and that's what's converting a lot of the testosterone into estrogen. But then, then you have to ask, well, why are you holding a lot of body fat? And then the simple question is, you know, you're eating garbage food, this, that, and so forth. That, that's, that's the simplistic answer. But all of that generally stems from leptin resistance and insulin resistance. So both of those feed this process of testosterone converting into estrogen, and I go, I go way into more detail on that on the hormone optimization lecture series that you get for free by giving us a review. So I won't spend a lot of time here talking about that. But basically, insulin resistance and leptin resistance, those are the key areas that you want to look at when you're trying to optimize your hormonal profile. People often get distracted by the downstream metabolites, you know, like, what can I do for testosterone? What can I right. do for this? What can I do to block conversion of testosterone and estrogen? Well, if, if you address the insulin resistance and the leptin resistance, you're going to have higher testosterone levels, much less conversion of testosterone into estrogen, because those are the master control centers. So make sure that you really listen to episode one on that lecture series that I'm giving away, because that's where I really go into detail about that. And then there's strategies on how to address insulin resistance, both dietary, supplementation, et cetera. And, oh, one more question. Going back to um, strength training again. And this is from Trent. And basically gave us um, his background. His background, he's a 40-year-old male. His primary sport is rock climbing. And what it is, he's, he's interested in techniques for gaining strength while minimizing weight gain and or losing leg mass. Uh, he said he's been experimenting with uh, fasted, low-intensity uh, nose-breathing jogs, you know, when he takes his dogs out for, uh, for walks on, on his rest days. And he also tries to limit his deadlifting and front squat sets to under five reps and only around three sets. Yeah, three working sets. So he said, any suggestions or comments are much appreciated. All right, so a little bit specific, but a little broad at the same time because we don't really know what else is really going on. We don't have like a training log or something like that. We don't see what kind of weight he's working with. But And also, I just I don't know exactly what's going on with his diet as well or, or his sleep patterns or his, his recovery. So so many of those things, in my opinion, factor. So it's not like this one-trip pony that can really help with that. So I guess we basically just give him kind of a baseline answer for that. So Mike, I'll let you go first on that one. Yeah, that I mean, to, me, to me, to me, it sounds like he's doing a lot of the right things already. Yeah. He's trying to, he's trying to, he wants his legs to be stronger, but he doesn't want to put on a lot of bulk because that's more weight to carry when you're trying right. to do rock climbing. So it sounds to me like he's doing a lot of things right. I think some sprinting would be a good idea because yeah, sprinting basically you're not going to, you're going to get much more toned and you're going to get much more solid, but you're not going to add a lot of leg mass doing sprinting. I mean, your legs will look nice. They'll look a lot better. You know, yeah. both, both men and women that are really good sprinters and have great physique composition. Yeah, just look at the Olympics. Think, you've, I, never seen, you've never seen flabby thighs from any of right. the sprinters in the Olympics, man. Yeah, and sprinting is just fun stuff. Like, I'm going to go do some sprinting with my dog, Grover, after we get off the show, actually, because it's a nice day out there. It's a nice field behind my house. Incredible way to boost your mood. You know, you always feel great after doing sprints. It's just one of those things. just works out all that anxiety, works out all that nervous energy. You just feel like a million bucks. So right. I, think that would be, I think that would be an interesting addition. And then you know, he's doing the low sets, low reps. That's a good way to build some strength without worrying about putting on too much mass. So to me, it sounds like he's doing a lot of things right already. And just to build on the sprints, like, you know, some people may, well, you know, I'm necessarily I'm not good at sprints. I'm not good at running. Or they may have some issues with their knees or something like that. So my thing is, um, I mean, if you have access to it, I mean, it just depends what gym you go to. Like in our gym, we have this contraption. My folks call it this torture device called Jacob's Ladder. Very low impact. Um, it's almost like it's almost like doing bear crawls up a hill. You just kind of climbing on this ladder and you're walking up, and it's in, a, it's in an incline. So therefore, it takes the impact off your your lower back while you're doing it. But here's the thing: if you don't have access to that, if you can find a hill, and you can alternate between doing bear crawls up a hill and doing sprints up a hill. So that's another thing. Again, it's not going to pack on a lot of mass, but damn, man, it's going to really feel some nice lean muscle and really burn the hell out of some fat if your diet and recovery is in accordance to what you're doing. So. Right. I like doing that. Um, I mean, hell, dude, even if you just throw in something like, you know, one of our favorites is like Hindu squats and, and mix yeah. that up with Hindu push-ups and just going back to back with that. 
again, that'll get you huffing and puffing and get your heart rate up at the same time, low impact, especially because it's just your body weight. So many body sure. weight exercises you can do. And, of course, you know, got to throw the plug in there. There are lots of body weight exercises that I have on my DVD that can help you with that as well. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, you do some saber tooth crawls and some attacking primates, you know, they'll be good. In fact, do some sprints, do some, do a 100-yard sprint, and then on your way back, instead of running back, do some saber tooth crawls for 50 yards and then go into a bear crawl, then sprint back 100 yards and then go into attacking primates for 50 yards, and then you can go into chimp walks from there. So all those different things. And, but, it, again, another thing is you're making it fun. Now, I see the fact that he is a rock climber as well. So here's another thing you can really do. And we talked about this a few episodes ago. If you have kettlebells, instead of the maximum weight that you train with with your kettlebell, drop down about two kettlebell sizes. So, again, if you normally do snatches with a 24-kilogram kettlebell, drop down, grab a 16, and get that, that Mason's glove, that Mason's glove from, like, Home Depot that we talked about. And I won't rag on Home Depot this week. I'm going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be nice. So, you know, get that Mason's glove that we talked about in that show and go into some glove snatches. One it will get your heart rate up. Two, it's going to build your grip and give you the grip of death, which is great for rock climbers out there. And, and then three, again, it's not putting a hurting on your body as a whole with the fact that you're using a kettlebell that is about two sizes smaller than what you normally would on your maximum lift with kettlebells. So just another alternative right there. And I think all those things, the beauty of all those things that Mike and I just suggested, they're adding fun to your training and kind of taking away from just the rigmarole, just the same stuff over and over again. And it makes getting back to those big compound lifts like deadlifting that he's doing already. I mean, he's going to see vast improvements in that just because of all these other parts of the body that he's hitting with these other exercises, other than the big compound movements from the big weight, you know, the big lifts like deadlifts, bench, squat, and um, overhead pressing. So that's my opinion on that. No, it's good stuff. Working on the grip, definitely getting the grip stronger so you don't have to use as much much grip strength as you've mentioned on another episode. Yeah. And then also, also learning how to go from relaxation to tension. I think mm-hmm. that's critical for a rock climber where, like, yeah. any chance you can just relax, you do, like, in between moves, and then you use tension to get up higher and so forth. But one thing that is great about kettlebell training is it teaches that extremely well. Like, if you're doing yeah. a clean and press, you're going to be very relaxed on the clean and just before you do a heavy press, you'll tighten up just enough to get the weights overhead, and then you mm-hmm. relax when you drop the weights, and it allows you to sustain a much longer performance at a high level. Definitely. So there you go, Trip. Got that for you, brother. Cool. Uh, oh, question. one more thing. Um, we've sure. had some, they've asked this quite a few times. We've gotten this question many times. We talk about recovery and restoration. What do you guys suggest in terms of uh, warm-up? How long should I warm up, or what's a good warm-up protocol? Um, for me – one of the things I like, I have a, actually have a YouTube clip where I actually go through joint mobility. I love joint mobility exercises, and I'll, I'll provide that link that you guys can go to on YouTube and just see some of the joint mobility. It's probably about 13 minutes long, but you can reduce it any way you want. One of the ways to kind of reduce it is just go with like 10 reps in each direction of all the exercises on there. Mike and I have done these same type joint mobility uh, warm-ups during our workshops before as well. So if you've taken the workshops or have any of his DVDs or mine, you'll see these warm-ups. And another one, though, that I really like, I'm a big fan of Joe DeFranco, but Joe DeFranco has a warm-up protocol called the Agile 8. So it's A-G-I-L-E and the number 8. So you can, you can find it either, I think it's on T-Nation. They actually have, they kind of go into the exercises that are on there. So there's these eight warm-up exercises on there. Or you can go on Joe's website, or you can also just look it up on YouTube and find a couple clips from there. But I would actually like, if you're going on YouTube, I would try to find actual clips of it from Joe himself and not just every Tom, Dick, and Hank out there trying to put their own spin on it. That's where you kind of get in trouble with what Mike calls YouTube University. <laughs> it's like everybody's trying to put their spin on everything and make it like it's their own. So, uh, yeah, but I really like Joe's Agile 8 program, and it really hits the things that need to be hit. You get in, you get out, but you're warmed up, you're ready to go. And another thing I always like to do is um, take something from just when I train in kickboxing and Muay Thai is just, you know, get that jump rope get it going, do about three to five rounds of three minutes, three minutes on, one minute off, just to get warmed up, and that, that, that helps out, too. And I always kind of like to base it around a number. So I've done some research on skipping rope where pretty much they equated about 360 skips, depending on your body weight and your athleticism as well. So this is kind of very low baseline right here. But anywhere when you're doing about at least 120 to 150 reps per minute, is somewhere right around 
and three minutes is right around running about a quarter of a mile, 400 meters. So it just depends on your athleticism. So if you're someone that's been in the game for a while and you're pretty athletic, you need to wrap it up. You need to be definitely hitting between 150 and 170 as far as, you know, reps per minute when you're skipping rope and get right up there. So it's kind of just like going on the track and running one time around, take a minute off, run again one time around, take a minute off, do that five rounds. That's another one of the warm-ups I like to do with when I'm skipping rope. Again, just to change things up as well and get my heart rate up and get the blood flowing right before the warm-up. What about you, Mike? Yeah, that's all good advice. And I like to enjoy mobility stuff every morning, like to get up, loosen up. And I do, I do the routine that I've posted on YouTube as well. I, have one, I basically go through the entire joint mobility routine that I do each day, and it's on my videos as well. And it depends, it depends on the workout in terms of more personalized warm-ups. For example, if I'm going to do heavy deadlifts, I like to keep the rep range fairly low with my warm-up sets. Like I've seen people make mistakes where there was a guy at the gym the other day, he was, he was bench pressing and he did you know, 135 for 10 reps and then 185 for 10 reps. And then he right. barely did 225 for 10 reps. And then he put three, uh, then, he, then he tried to go up to 275, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and he barely got yeah. one rep. And then he tried to go up to 315 and be totally bombed out on that. And this guy just did way too many repetitions. You know, I mean, if, if you're going to be doing sets of 10, sure, but those were his warm-up weights. You know, yeah. Your warm-up weights shouldn't be difficult. So if, right. if you're doing a warm-up set and, and you're barely finishing the reps, and then you're trying to go heavier after that, forget it. And I saw a guy do the same thing with deadlifts. You know, 135 for 10, 225 for 10, 315 for 10, and then he tried to go up from there. And you, you just burned a lot of energy on, on reps that don't matter. So, like, if I'm going to do sets, if I'm going to work up to a heavy set of five, then all of my warm-up weights are going to be low reps, too. So, it may be 135 for three reps, then 225 for three reps, then 315 for three reps, 365 for three, 405 for three, and then you go up to whatever your top set is. So, what I'm doing here is getting my mind ready, getting the body ready, getting the technique down, and so forth, without wasting any energy. Right. And also, if it's colder out, then I have to spend more time warming up. In the summers yeah. here, forget it. I can just walk into the, my home gym <laughs> and pick up whatever I want, and I'm yeah. ready to go. If it's much colder, like right now, the weather is, is dripped, dropped quite a bit, where like if I'm going to do some heavy kettlebell presses, for example, I'll pick up to 53s, bang off a few reps, pick up to 70s, bang off a few reps before going into anything higher than that. But one thing is when I do that joint mobility routine in the morning, I'm good to go for the whole day. So if I work out a few hours later, you know, I can just walk in there and, and go ahead and pick up my startup sets and go from there. Right. So it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to vary with each person. The older you are, the tighter you are, the, maybe the more inflamed you are from a work, hard workout phase. You know, mm-hmm. Those are all going to be factors in, in how much you should warm up. But uh, you want to make sure that you don't overdo the warm-ups to the point where it actually becomes a workout. You know, like I've had, we've had, we've had people at our courses actually where they've never done joint mobility before, right? So after, after we take them through a joint mobility routine, I mean, they're huffing and puffing. Right. And so, so to them, it's not a warm up, and that, that was a workout. <laughs> yeah. And, and so they would need to take like maybe half of those repetitions and build back up. You, know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to go take a nap after your joint mobility routine. <laughs> it, should, it should be, it should be more of the opposite. Like it's getting you more energetic. Because, right. I mean, when I, when I wake up, especially the day after like a powerlifting session, you know, I'm pretty stiff in the morning. My back is stiff. I'm like, oh, everything feels tight. And then you go through that mobility routine. It just loosens everything up. So your, your, your mood is immediately better. You don't have that feeling of every time you get off the couch, you're like, oh, oh, oh. And then, and then you're all set up for that day too. In the show notes for this show, definitely going to include the links to Mike's joint mobility video, uh, video on YouTube, mine, and, um, and a link to Joe DeFranco's Agilate as well, folks. So, if you don't have to cool. try to figure it out for yourself, we'll, we'll help. This is what we call support. <laughs> we're just talking but about I mean, it. So. Yeah, so other things for recovery, though. I mean, if, uh, there's, I, I, I always talk about this, and rarely any, people rarely ever do it, but, I, but if you could get one good sports massage a week, and it doesn't even have to be necessarily a sports massage, just a good restoration massage, and right. then you spent one time a week in, let's say, a good spa. Like out here in Vegas, there's one near the house, which is really nice. It's the M Spa, which has – great steam room, sauna, hot tub. If you go there once a week, really loosen up. Ideally, you get a massage after that. Now, that would be ideal. I mean, if you can't do it with your busy schedule, don't worry about it. But the looser your body is, the better the massage will be. They can really get in there and break things up. I'm telling you, it, it, it makes such a huge difference with your recovery. Right. I mean, more, than, 
you know, and, I, and I'm a guy who sells supplements, which I think help and so forth, but I, but I'd rather have you go do that than buy my products because I know how beneficial it's going to be for you. So if you're sitting there thinking, you know, Mike's products look great, but uh, what he said about getting that sports massage and this is great too, but uh, I wonder which one I should do, you know, get, get I mean, try it out for two months, right, or even a month, just once a week, get a good sports massage, you do the sauna, steam room, hot tub treatment once a week. You, you, you will be hooked after that. You're going to realize real fast, wow, this is making a huge difference. You're going to feel way more fluid. You're not going to have that beat-up feeling. And as a result, you'll be able to sustain a, a much better performance for a longer period. Yeah, so, and for those of you who might be a little strapped on cash, here's one thing. It's the holiday season. So people are asking you, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for this? Tell them to get you a gift certificate to get you a massage. That's one thing you can request right there. And, and you'll, it'll probably be a lot better than just getting another pair of earrings or another pair of socks. It'll probably be farther <laughs> than that. So, yeah, tell them to give you, like, get you a massage. Or check this out. Now, I don't know what's going on out in Vegas or in the other parts of the country, but I know in Houston right now what's really becoming popular are the, um, the reflexology massage places. And reflexology usually is – basically dealing with massaging the feet or something like that. But they do full body massages and most of them are very inexpensive. They're like 20 to 25 bucks for like 50 minutes. Now, some places are a little seedy. I mean, when you first look at them, you start thinking like, is, is this a happy ending place or not? <laughs> so, you know, but most of them are legit, at least out here. They have to be for the most part with um, just the city ordinances out there. But that's one way you can incorporate getting a massage every week or every other week where it's not breaking your bank account. Another way that you can do it, if you, if you subscribe to anything like Groupon or Living Social, there are always daily deals where massages and, and spa treatments, all these things are being offered at a low price because what they want to do, they want to get new customers. They want to get people in. Well, my thing is the way people, and I've talked about this before, how people use these daily deal sites to kind of be boot camp whores and hop, do one unlimited month here and then go hop in another one and do it for a month. Well, it's okay to be a massage and, and spa treatment sauna whore. Okay, so <laughs> go ahead and buy one of those from Groupon, and they're usually like about 29 39 bucks, and you get like an hour treatment. Go ahead and do that and do it every month. And then, again, you're staying within budget, but at the same time you're taking care of your body, and, and it's great. So, therefore, you're not going broke by doing it, but you're paying big dividends to your body and your recovery and your restoration, and you're setting yourself up for bigger gains when you go back to training again. So those are some, again, you know me, I'm about the low-tech effect right here and trying to help people stay within budget. So most of your money, you can keep it to yourself, except when you buy our products. But um, so, yeah, that's just what you can do right there, man. Just some alternatives right there. So just something to think about. Good stuff. Yeah, and for those of you that live in Las Vegas, don't start going to the rub and tug places and then, and then blame me for that, all right? Well, Mike's going to go get a massage once a week. This place is open 24 hours. Looks like a great option. <laughs> okay, if it's open 24 hours and the windows are black, yeah, 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 exactly. keep walking. That, that's okay. always a bad sign right there. It's, open, it's like, yeah, that, that always happens to me, right? It's 2 in the morning. I could use a massage right now. To get this party, you know? But, Mike, what about me? I'm, I, you know, I work the graveyard shift, but what about us, man? <laughs> reminds, reminds, reminds me of a funny joke when I was, I was teaching a course with my buddy Dylan Thomas in Virginia one time out in Annandale. And we were, there was the, it was one of these gyms where they actually had, like, a nail salon on site, right? So it's a bunch of Asian ladies just doing nails and so forth. And as, as a joke, I, I just opened the door, and I was like, excuse me, do you women offer Brazilian wax services for men? And I just said it dead face, right, like totally serious. And the whole place stopped. They all just looked at me. And I was like, I'm, after a while, I was like, okay. I was expecting them people to start laughing. But they, they <laughs> I was like, I'm just kidding. And then they were still like, they were still looking like, what was that all about? Like five, ten minutes later. Right. That's an, that's an example of one of those times where you think in your mind, like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> or or, or you been, the exact opposite. As we've been told before, know your audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, man. <clears throat> no, but with, the, with the massage things, also there's places such as Massage Envy that offer memberships. Yeah breaks down to about 35, 40 bucks a session. Yeah. The negatives with that is, I, I mean, there's definitely some good practitioners who work there, but you don't necessarily, you, you may have to go through a few people until you find one. Yeah, we did yeah. that for a year. We did that for a year once. And when we finally found a couple of good people, they ended up getting transferred right about midway through our contract. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and, and then everyone after that sucked utter ass. And it just, I mean, I was just, 
there's nothing worse than going to get a massage and leaving angry. That's just, I'm sorry, that's the opposite of how you should be feeling when you're done. Okay, first of all, this one chick, man, I don't know what she was trying to do. She was just kind of patting my wife. My wife's like, she's just kind of patting <laughs> and just tapping. And, like, and, my, and my wife's like, come on, can you rub a little harder? <laughs> so, and then I had one guy. And which always sucks. I always try not to get the men. I'm not trying to be sexist. I just don't want a man rubbing on me. Okay, half the time. Because I've seen some of those guys that work there. I'm not trying to be judgmental here. I'm just saying. I've seen some of those guys. And I'm looking like, well, who takes care of you? How are you supposed to take care of me? I'm looking at some of these guys. They're just, they're, 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 one guy was overweight. He's, he sounds like he's either asthmatic or he had like, he probably suffered from sleep apnea. So he's over me. He's just, he's getting, he's getting tired. From the massage. Like, I don't, I feel, I feel, I feel. <laughs> no, dude, he's not even trying to talk. This dude was running out of breath. And I'm sitting there, and that's what sucks about being in our industry because we're always aware of all these things. I'm like, this son of a bitch is out of shape. How dare you try to give me a massage? You're over here. It sounds like a Sith was doing my massage, man. <laughs> and then the coup d'etat right here, man. This dude sweats. And, it's, yeah. and it drips <laughs> right on the back of my neck. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I had a guy say, can we stop right now? Because we're, sh- we're sharing fluids now, and this is a problem. <laughs> okay, you're sweating on me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I said, and stop using the massage voice right now. This is not the time. Use the big boy voice. Don't be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sweat on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't feel creeped out right now at all. What you talking yeah, to me like doors, that? Door, doors locked. In. I know. <laughs> the place is shut down. You're locked he, in there. He opens up his robe, and he's all like in leather and chains. Like, oh, Mr. Hogan. <laughs> What do you want next, Mr. Hogan? <laughs> Would you like a candle treatment? <laughs> like, dude, I'm about to punch you in the face. <laughs> okay. uh, so I think on that note, that's a good way to end the show. <laughs> one, one, sure. one last slide, guy. If you live in Los Angeles, Santa Monica, there's a lady named Diana Linden, who's mm-hmm. a phenomenal massage therapist. Incredible. I think you mentioned her, think you mentioned her before. Yeah, yeah. When I used to live in Santa Monica, I mean, I, I would go to her. I used to live actually almost in the same neighborhood as her when I lived in Santa Monica. So I, yeah. I would make a point of going there sometimes once a week, generally every other week, never less than once a month. And it, it, it would make a huge difference because she's not giving you this generic massage. You know, she'll find she'll find problems that you weren't even aware of. She'll be like, look, right. this, your, your shoulder here has got some, a lot of inflammation in, so I'm going to work this area, and then I'm going to work this. So where I'm going is, I mean, she would find problems before they manifested. So you right. would actually stay ahead of the curve. It's like taking your car for a tune-up. You know, you're making sure that you, you address things before they become an issue rather than waiting for a bunch of problems to arise. You know, that's the ideal. But finding a practitioner like her, that's not easy to do. You know, that's very rare because she's very gifted. But if you live in Los Angeles, you're in luck. You know, definitely mm-hmm. check out Diana Linden. I don't think she, she might, I think her website is dianalinden.com. You just type that in Google, you should be fine. If you have a hard time finding her info, just shoot me an email, and I'll, I'll, I, I'm sure I have her contact info on file. I'll get it to you. But uh, that's, that's definitely worth your time. You, 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 you will be a believer. I mean, I think some people really diminish how powerful these restoration techniques can be. Oh, yeah. And like Sincere was saying, if you don't have a big budget, then try doing the spa stuff once a week. That's generally 25 bucks or so. And it's not just good for your body. It's, it's a good mental break as well. The only downer is when you're in there in this Zen state, right? You go to the, you're in, I'm in the steam room. I'm like, man, this feels great. I just did my mobility stuff. I'm sitting here breathing in this eucalyptus air. And then some fat, hairy dude walks in <laughs> with his ding dong hanging out all the time. And I was like, dude, you just totally ruined it. I said, I wrap a towel around that thing. <laughs> oh, that's always the worst. Man. Oh, damn. Sitting in a hot tub, you're like, man, this feels great. I'm uh, feeling good now. Body hey, like, hey. Come on. You, and, come on. You mind if I sit here? Uh, Yeah. And then, oh. and, then, and, then, and then an old guy looks like he's like one of the cast members of The Sopranos walks in. Hey, how are you doing, young man? Like, I'm doing great. I'd be doing better if you put some swim trunks on. Wrap a, wrap a, ta- wrap a towel around, buddy. Wrap a towel. Oh, man. So on that note, another way, on another low-tech note, if you don't want to be in public and have to be subjected to that situation like Mike has been, another thing you can do is to give yourself, I mean, just take a nice, Hot bath, nice soothing bath. Use Epsom salt. You can use um, right. pink, pink Himalayan pink sea salt. And you can add a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of lavender oil as well while you're taking that hot bath. And just relax, man. Light some candles. I mean, even if you're a dude, there's nothing not manly about that. Like, dude, you're taking care of yourself. So 
And, you know, if you've got a partner, then add them to the mix, too. And, you know, I'm just saying it may not end up being relaxing before it's all over with. It may start off that way. But anyhow, so, yeah. Break, yeah, so, break that Sade series CD out. There you go, boy. <laughs> <Make it> easy, <laughs> there so you that's, go. A, that's a low-tech one. The Epsom salt baths are, are incredibly restorative. You just soak yeah. in all that magnesium. So I think, I think where we're all going with a lot of this advice is that you want to take your restoration program just as seriously as your training program. Definitely. And some of you are thinking, I don't, I don't even have a restoration program. And now's a good time to start. You yep. will make so much more progress with good restoration. You will be shocked. You'll feel better. Your workouts will be better. It'll just be beneficial to pretty much every facet of your life. So definitely get that. make that one of your goals for 2014 that you're really going to get on top of this whole restoration thing. And start right now. Don't wait till January 1st. Do it now. We told you guys on the last show, don't wait till January 1st to start this madness. Yeah, just go ahead and get a start on it now, and you already have momentum going into 2014. So, exactly. Put that, put that real deal, real doll in the closet. You know, put, put the <laughs> flashlight away. <laughs> so that's the wrong type of massage going on, right? <laughs> we want a full body massage, okay? <laughs> so I was laughing when someone was going, I already have uh, all the bonus stuff you guys have. Can you send me a flashlight? It's like, yeah, I oh, think yeah. Uh, I think Ken Blackburn has a used one that he's going to donate for you. <laughs> autograph it and send it over to him. <laughs> hey, man, way, I, got a flashlight. I got a flashlight and it was autographed. Gotcha. <laughs> 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 oh man, poor kid. Hey, nothing's free in this world, man. There's always a price, right? <laughs> exactly. We'll exactly. wrap up there, folks. Thanks for your questions. Keep them coming. We, I think we're really liking this format. We like to have a really good guest once a week, and then we do a Q and A where you know we can go on tan- we can go off tangent as well because we like doing that. And but we can also answer some of your questions and provide some more information. So we're, we're going to keep doing that format. So just keep your questions coming in, and we'll try to answer as many of them as possible on the show. Exactly. So you can email Mike at Mike at LLAPodcast.com or me, Sincere at LLAPodcast.com. And don't forget the magic formula. You may be able to squeeze out and get that gift from Mike or myself for leaving your review, but the magic formula is subscribe first, then rate and review, then actually listen, and then share it with someone. Let the world know. As a matter of fact, I think we, we just got nominated for the Stitcher Podcast Awards, and I'll get that information in that link as well uh-huh. as the vote. So uh, best new show, best overall show, and, and best in the health and fitness category. So that's pretty awesome. You know, not bad for seven months of work. So I'll, I'll get all that information in the show notes. So, again, keep those reviews and those ratings. Keep it all coming. And for the few of you that can get in before we hit 100 on iTunes, well, actually, Mike, Mike's land. Well, we got those same reviews over on Stitcher as well, so let's add those in. So that means probably about a few of you listening to this show right now have time to actually get my copy of the Wellness Code, a digital download of that, and also Mike has something for you too. Yeah, I have that. my Hormone Lecture Series. It's a $50 retail value. It's eight hours of detailed information, more than you'll ever want to know about the subject. Right, more than you'll ever right. want to know. It's gonna it's gonna keep you busy for a while. Fifty dollars. I've had many people email me and say it was life changing for them. That information where it totally allowed them to revamp their health and get back on a track with a lot of momentum and feel great. So and then and you get it for free just by giving a review for a show that you already like. You know, we're not asking people who think the show sucks to give us a five star <laughs> review. If you don't if you don't like the show, then I don't know why you're listening to it. But if you do <laughs> like the show. And I'm assuming if you're listening to it, you do. Let the world know. Go, yeah, go give us a four- to five-star review. If you put down two stars and say you guys suck, you know, we're not going to send you a bunch of free product for that, all right? <laughs> so give us a four- to five-star review. If, if you, We're open to critique as well, so it doesn't have to just be, you guys are awesome, and then that's it. The more detailed, the better. And we'll send that out to you. But actually, I had a few reviews come in while we were doing the show, so I think we're at about maybe less than five for the giveaway. So if right. you want to get this free information, be one of the next five. Hurry up and do it. Go do it right now. Don't wait till like tomorrow. a late night infomercial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do it right now. Only five right left. <laughs> but, 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 but wait. <laughs> I, love, I love those infomercials where they say, if you're one of the next five people to call right now, right? And then you see that same commercial a week later. Or, I know. Or no, I change the channel, and then I see it on the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah an exactly. hour later, like, you're killing me, small. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Well, one thing you can do without worrying about it is also you can use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, testosterone booster, recovery oil. 
and my Restorezyme for just getting rid of those joint pains and inflammation so you get way better workouts and you improve your health by lowering C-reactive protein, the biomarker of inflammation. Go check out my website for more information on that. And you can also use that coupon code to get some of Sincere stuff. Yeah, that, that same coupon code, LLA, will get you 30% off of the digital download or the physical copy of my bodyweight training DVD that I mentioned earlier in the show. And you're looking for fun things to do and just to mix up on your training program, or if you're getting into 531 and you need something during that deload week, then these exercises are perfect for that. So, and it also makes it a perfect Christmas gift, since we're in the infomercial style of <laughs> plugging right now. <laughs> so, there you go. Just hop over to my website, newwarriortraining.com, for that information as well. So other than that, folks, thank you all for making this journey so far this year with this show just be a blast for Mike and myself. And we have a lot of great guests down the pipe. Oh, my gosh, January is just loaded yeah. with guests. But this week and next week, we're still coming with even more guests. So you've got to stay tuned, people. You've got to keep hitting us up on the fan page, and we're going to keep bringing you guys the best content and, and keep you informed and just, I don't know, man. Just give me yeah, a we have, I mean, show. We're ending, yeah, we're ending the year on a, on a super high note with guests. I mean, we have Udo Erasmus, Frank Shamrock, Vince McConnell. That's all next week. You know, we're recording right. all those shows next week. So I, I think probably all of those shows will be released this month, if not yeah, early man. January. But anyway, you know, we're, we're recording a lot of good shows to, to finish off this year. And then we have a lot of, a lot of us already in the pipeline. Like January, January is already filled up with guests. So we're, we're having a good time with this, and we have some nice momentum going, so it's just going to keep getting better. There you go. So, once again, thanks, everybody, for listening. See each and every one of you on the next show. Take, Take care, care everybody.